0: College circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And as always, it is an honor and privilege to have you here for the next 30 minutes. What a semester. It's already ramping up to be. It's so much is uncertain. And we've talked about that. And we're not going to dive into the pandemic and all of the things that have been going on with that, because frankly, so many things that I couldn't even begin to cover them all. If you are finding yourself in a more traditional college situation this semester where you are going on campus and you have a dorm, you have an apartment, you have a house, and you have roommates, then this is the episode for you. If you are doing the non-traditional student route, or perhaps you are just a non-traditional student in general, and you've always lived with the same people, or you're staying home this semester because your classes are mostly online, then this is the episode for you. And why? Why do you ask? Because today we're going to discuss roommates and communication. And it is clear to me through my many years of living with so many different kinds of people that communication is the most important part of making sure that a home environment stays copacetic, stays friendly, stays, you know, just in passingly, you know, enjoyable. I did an episode a while back called Friends or Friendly, When I talked about roommates, and we're revisiting that now because there's a lot of things that, you know, just didn't, you can't cover everything in every little episode. Plus, Studies show that most humans only remember, let's get that word out correctly, we only remember about 10 or 20% of what we learn when we first hear something, read something, experience something. So by my estimations, I need to talk about this at least another 5 to 10 times so that you can fully embrace the entire 100% of the message that communication is key with roommates, with people you live with, because you want to be able to get ahead of future issues, get ahead of future complaints, and get ahead of the arguments before they even happen. When you have these communication, and you sit down and you lay down the rules, you you lay down the way you would like everything to work in the house, then in the future, when there's an issue, rather than saying, hey, you're not cleaning up your dishes, you can say, Based off of our future our, our past conversations about how we were going to keep the house i 'm noticing that you 're leaving your fork in the sink and i 'm very interested in knowing why you changed that behavior when we had previously agreed that we would put all dirty dishes straight into the dishwasher right You want to come off as very non confrontational and if it 's why is this dish in the sink versus, you know, I'm just curious why you put the fork in the sink or interested in why you put the fork in the sink and not in the dishwasher as per our previous conversation. It comes off so much less confrontational and I cannot stress to go back and really take in what I just said. I'm just interested. I'm just curious in knowing why you chose to do it this way when we had previously discussed that we would do it this way. If there's any part of this that you fully take and you embrace and you put into your daily day to day habituations, it's that using words like I'm curious, I'm interested, right? Because you can go off and pull up synonyms for those words if you'd like. So you can come up with 15 different ways to say that sentence. But if it's like, hey, why is the fork in the sink? Confrontational. Just a little interested in why you put the fork in the sink when we had previously discussed that we put all of our dirty dishes in the dishwasher way less confrontational. So I've hammered that point home. And I do that because if you only remember 10 to 20% the first time you hear something, if I repeat it five times in the same breath, then maybe you'll remember it 50, 60, 70, 80% of the time. And that's what we're aiming for here is for you to really be able to take in this episode and be able to immediately turn it into keeping your home life really comfortable and very happy. And like I said, you could choose to be friends or you can just choose to be friendly, but you definitely don't want to start leaning on the side of confrontational and enemy and things of that nature, because I'm telling you what it is. It's too much and you will not enjoy that. You will. I mean, just to think about how unbelievably annoying it is to come home and not feel comfortable in your house it's like your house is t- supposed to be your safety. It's 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 your it's your pueblo. It it is it is your escape from the world. You don't want to come home into a tense environment where it's like, oh great, I've got to deal with my roommate again. Oh God, I hope they didn't do this, do that. Like that's just not the kind of vibe you want to have going in. And if that's the kind of worry you have, then it's going to reflect upon the communication. So. Now that we've discussed communication as the most essential part and you and you fully understand especially if this is the first time you've ever moved away from home. In the past, you just sort of went with what your parents were doing and you don't have to do that anymore, right? You get to set down your rules. You get to set down the way that you'd like to see things done and you have control over this environment now. In as much as you ever have control over how other people live their lives. But it's in these particular seven areas that I have noticed the most contention with my roommates. And out of all of my life, I have only ever not lived with somebody for six months of it. And I'm 44, six months. It was the spring of 90, it was the fall of 95. I had a one-bedroom apartment. And in the spring of 95, I moved in my uh, fraternity brother, Scott. And that six months of the fall of 95 is the only time I never had a roommate. From there, I went into the fraternity house. I moved back in with my dad and my sister. Then I moved into an apartment in Gainesville. And then I lived with roommates overseas. I lived with roommates in Boca. And I've lived with roommates here in sunny California. I have always lived with someone. So you want to figure out a way to make sure you're doing that. And these seven areas are points of contention. The refrigerator. Noise visitors, overnight guests, and cleaning. And specifically in cleaning, the living room, the kitchen, and the bathroom. And so fridge, noise, visitors, overnight guests, that's the four. And then we're going to talk about cleaning common areas, living room, kitchen, bathroom. That's seven. These are the seven major points of contention you will have in your living situation. And the reason why we break up living room, kitchen, and bathroom is because they're very separate duties. And depending on who makes the biggest mess or who uses it the most, you're gonna, you might have different ideas of who should be cleaning what, when. So that's why we broke it off into those other three rather than just calling it cleaning in general. So let's talk about these areas and let's start in what I consider the heart of the entire home, which is the kitchen. And right now we're just going to focus upon the refrigerator and the freezer as its own separate entity. We'll get into the the deeper cleaning of it all later on. And if uh, you stick around to the end, I'm going to throw out some bonus content that I didn't mention. It's the plus one on these seven. And it is another huge, huge point of contention. So. Right now, we're discussing the refrigerator and we're discussing the freezer, right? If you and Let's just go with the standard kind of situation. You live in an apartment or you live in a house and you've got three roommates, right? So you've got, let's just, I'm just picking arbitrary numbers here because I want to move this show along. So whatever your situation is, go ahead and slide yourself right into these examples. And even if you live alone, these are also things that you're going to, run into when you go over and you visit somebody's house or you go stay at someone's house. If you live alone, maybe go back to another episode if you don't really care too much about roommates. But at one point in your life, you will end up getting a mate, a partner, and you will end up moving in with them. And you will want to know a lot of this stuff, I can assure you. I have met this one head on incorrectly as well. So the refrigerator and the freezer, are you labeling food? Are you buying your own food? right? I can understand uh, purchasing your own meats and your own proteins and yogurts and things like that. Do you need to be labeling those things? If you need a label, that is not a jabroni thing to do, right? It is an absolute verifiable way to head off any kind of arguments about food in the refrigerator. Grab a Sharpie, write your name on it, put a post-it on it, Designate space if you need to. Not a big proponent of designating space because I'd like to shuffle the refrigerator around a lot in order to maximize the amount of space that um, is available depending on who went grocery shopping. I got my roommate. He, for whatever reason, thinks he can just put crap in the fridge wherever the hell he wants to. And now you got eggs on the top shelf when clearly all the eggs are on the middle shelf. And he wants to put, you know, his, uh, cans of soda pop on the bottom shelf, which is where all the big Tupperware containers go. Cans and and small jars go on the top shelf. Like to me, it's so obvious, but it's not to him, right? Adulting 101 has missed him leaps and bounds, but He has his own model of the world. He has his own idea of what he wants the refrigerator to look like. So we had to have a conversation about that. We figured out, okay, this is why you do it. This is why it matters. Oh, okay, I see that. So labeling food. Are you going to be sharing condiments? right? The jars and condiments, these are big things. Are you, are you going to be sharing ketchup, mayonnaise, mustard? You may not think it means a lot now, but if you find yourself constantly buying the ketchup because your roommates are blazing through it, you know, one container a a week and you're the one going out spending $4 on it at first, that may not seem like a big deal, but I'm promising you it becomes a big deal. Little things add up to big things. It is just a fact of the matter. Don't sweat the small stuff. It sounds like a great mentality to have, like we can all just traipse through life like smurfs. But the fact is is that you will eventually get annoyed by the fact that you're the one consistently buying the condiments and everybody else is consistently using them, especially if you see if you have a roommate who likes to squeeze out, you know, half of the half of the container of ketchup and then ends up wasting 90% of it. You're going to be sitting there looking at your money flushing down the drain because now you got to go buy ketchup again soon. So label your food designating space. These are just conversations. I can't tell you how to choose wisely. I can't tell you how it's going to go. I'm just saying, have the conversation about these things. Are you throwing, who's throwing out aging food? Right? Are you saying, "Hey, Rumi, I noticed that you know your meat has got freaking mold growing on it, and this cheese is you know talking to me in the fridge"? Are they throwing out their own food, or do you have permission to throw out aging food as you see fit? Um, I certainly one of those people who I will tend to push the boundaries of an expiration date a little bit. So my roommates have to understand that just because they might think that it's still uh, that it's past its prime, I think just cut the mold off of the cheese. And now there's delicious cheese where there once was mold. That's just my thing. Um, noise. Number two, noise. Time of day. What time? Of, you know, are there hours where you can generally play music a little bit loud? Right. You know, figure that out. Volume of TV, volume of the music, you know, is there, you know, designated, let's say noisier hours, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Figure that out. Because somebody's going to bring someone over or someone's going to have a few drinks, something's going to happen and they're going to want to blare their music at eight in the morning while they're getting ready and you're hungover, or they're going to want to blare music at midnight while you're trying to sleep for a test the next day. And because they're having a few drinks, you've got to figure out a noise solution. You don't want to have to feel like you're being rude when you knock on their door and saying, can you please turn the music down? You should just be able to shoot them a text and be like, Hey, just, you know, noise, Right, It should be known. It should be agreed upon. And this should be something that is constantly being discussed because I mean, I've had a roommate who loved, he had surround sound and he'd play that damn television. He's like, What? It's not music. I, it's also one in the morning and you're listening to fricking Terminator at volume 4000. So, and then ask yourself are you ready to abide by the, the noise rules? Because if you lay it down and you go breaking it, you're going to come off as a jerk. Also, when it comes to noise, TV, who owns it and who decides what's on it? If it's your roommate's TV and you're sitting there enjoying something on Netflix and they come home and it's been a stressful day, do they have the right to just yank the remote out of your hand and turn it on to what they want to turn it on to? That's a good conversation as well because they may think, hey, it's my TV. I should be able to watch whatever the hell I want, but they may never bring that up. So bring that up. Bring that conversation out. Get an agreement. And you can always revisit these agreements. That's the thing is that it's a constant, you know, it's an ebb and flow. It's like the ocean. It comes in, it goes out. Just be open to communicating about your needs and your wants and your desires, right? Because if you have them about something in particular, they do too. All right, visitors. Um, Timing, volume, frequency, right? What time of the day are these visitors coming over? How loud are they going to be? You know, is your roommate comfortable telling his visitors or her visitors, "Hey, can you mind keeping it down a little bit? You know we try to be polite We try to be polite around here about volume of our voices or our devices, and then frequency how often are visitors coming over? I, I'm not the biggest fan of my roommate rolling over with three people and, and taking up the the kitchen from four o'clock to 10 o'clock because he likes to cook and he likes to experiment with all these things. There's some times where I really want to be able to go down there at six thirty seven o'clock, make myself some dinner and watch a little Netflix and chill. I don't always want to be stashed away in my bedroom because I live in LA with, with two guys I didn't know before they moved in. And so... I, we spend a lot of times in our own rooms, but when we see each other it's in the kitchen because the kitchen's also our living room it's uh It's a big city apartment right it's, it's It is what it is we don't have a normal living room i have come, I have turned our kitchen into our living room, so when you want to sit in the living room and watch TV you're actually seven feet away from the stove so timing, volume and frequency and the timing volume frequency is going to start to show up in other areas like overnight guests right in my show notes i wrote down noise clothing and frequency but again timing volume frequency you know how often is your roommate having their boyfriend or girlfriend over right? The frequency of that matters a lot, especially when this is where clothing comes into play. If you like to walk around your house, you know, in your underwear or not wearing a bra or something to that effect, and you don't feel comfortable having this other person's partner seeing you in that, now you feel uncomfortable every time you want to leave your room when all you really wanted to do is just go out there and make yourself a smoothie or a sandwich. And now you got to feel like there's a dress code, you know, and is there a dress code for what they should be wearing? You know, if it's three in the morning and they want a glass of water, are they coming out in the buff or are they wearing a robe, right? I mean, I've lived with dudes my whole life, frat, frat house central for the first three years of my time in college. It was very normal to see people in their underwear or showering with four or five other guys because it was all communal. It looked like a locker room um, and we treated it as such and we had very strict rules about noise and about cleanliness and about the frequency of people coming over because I might walk out of my room naked and want to walk down and, 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 you know, brush my teeth or take a shower. Do I always have to be wearing clothes? So overnight guests, man, I'm telling you right now, depending on where you're at in your college experience, you might think, ah, oh, no big deal. If you want your girlfriend or boyfriend to come over anytime, I love them. I really enjoy their company. That's great and all. Till they start eating your food, Start making a ton of noise late at night, walking around your house, you know, not dress adequately, or you feel uncomfortable in what you have to put on in order to be around them. Timing, volume, frequency matters so much when other people come over into your living space. If you've ever been like, ah, you know, especially if it's a dorm, if you are in a dorm where it is, I mean, it is a studio with two people and your beds are four feet apart. It is not cool to constantly be having your boyfriend or girlfriend over. It is not. It is not. And for you to think that it is, is, is is unfair to the other person. Now, if you both have partners and you both discuss this and, and you're moving on it and it's an agreement, that's great. But I would recommend having some check-ins every week or two to make sure that everybody is still in agreement with the rules and no one's getting themselves turned sideways and then just not talking about it because they're afraid of your response or having their idea rejected. So reevaluate these rules. Just, I mean, it's, it's so simple at the dining room table while you're all eating together, be like, hey, you know, does anybody have a major complaint? Anybody want to go back over the roommate rules, the roommate agreement that we came up with? We'll be all happy with the way things are moving forward. Just by saying something so simple, you can overcome so many obstacles. Go Sheldon on this if you need to from the Big Bang Theory and write this stuff down. Put it on the refrigerator. Right? Like type it up. Print it off. Put it with magnets on the refrigerator. Put it on the pantry door. Put it on your own bedroom doors for all I care. But don't just have these ideas and these conversations and then think that you're gonna always remember what the rules were. Type this stuff out. You're in college. If there was rules at a place of business, and there will be, and you will be expected expected to follow them, I can promise you, the rules about the fridge and the cleanness of the kitchen are posted and at the workspace on the fridge. And the way the bathroom is being kept, those rules will be posted inside the bathroom. Do that in a, in this situation as well. Some people are like, oh, I don't want to feel like I'm you know, running a prison with all the rules. The other side of that is, is that no one really knows what they're supposed to be doing. So everybody's either doing whatever the hell they want, or they're, or they're afraid to do things that will ruffle feathers, so they're not doing the things they actually want to do. Wouldn't you rather just have the agreement and know exactly what is expected of you? And then you can always reevaluate that as time moves forward. You might start off with no boyfriend or girlfriend and nobody, none of your roommates have them either. And then, so you don't think anything of it. Four months later, everybody has a mate and now all of a sudden, you know, every time you come home, it's like six people in the house. It's like, you know, eight people in the house. It's like a fricking party on a Tuesday when all you wanted was a little quiet time and, you know, in a bubble bath. So you got to be thinking about timing, volume, frequency, and clothing. Okay, please think about clothing. I'm not the only one who's made that mistake. At least I don't think so. (laughs) So, all right, cleaning. Now I've got some really handy notes about this. This is the last three, but it all falls under the idea of cleaning. You've got the living room. Who's going to be vacuuming? Are you eating in the area? Who's dusting it? Where's the remote control stored? I know, I know that, again, don't sweat the small stuff. Nothing is more annoying than finding the remote control underneath the couch or stuck in between couch cushions when you really just want to be able to flip on the telly and chill back and relax and eat your In-N-Out burger, right? Like I'm promising you, you will get silently pissed off because you cannot find the remote control. And the Apple TV, that remote's even smaller. So you better make sure that you know where that thing is being stored because that thing gets misplaced. It's not just like ordering another universal remote off of Amazon Prime. You've got to go through a lot of steps to get that Apple TV remote replaced. So where are you storing the remotes? Who's vacuuming? Are you eating in the, in the living room? Right. I had a roommate who loved to eat in the living room and underneath him, it looked like he, it looked like he, the cookie monster had just got done eating. There was half of his dinner was on the floor and then he didn't ever want to vacuum or worse. He would vacuum all that food stuff up and then it would rot in our vacuum bag and start to stink and clog up the vacuum. So like, let's be normal people here and let's pick up our big food, our bigger food crumbs. Don't vacuum up a tomato. Be normal. <laughs> And I say normal, but if you've never had to ask yourself this, if you weren't in charge of cleaning at your house, you may not realize these are things that will become an issue. Don't vacuum up food that can rot in the in the bag. It will stink. Eating in the eating in the kitchen versus eating in the dining room versus eating in the living room. This stuff matters. So let's discuss the kitchen. Okay, there is a ton of messes that can go down in the kitchen. I could do a whole episode on just the kitchen alone. Okay, Uh, who's in charge of mopping? Who's in charge of taking out the garbage, the recyclables, the dishes? What are we doing about dishes? Are we putting them in the dishwasher? Are we hand washing them? You know, I mean, I know you think no big deal, but I'll tell you what. I've been living with multiple dudes in the past that we have, I have watched that sink pile high and it's like, I washed them last time. I washed them this time. and then So people just start to stack them up because they feel like they've already cleaned them enough. Clean your dishes as you go. I currently live with someone who will leave the dishes for the next morning. And I do not like that. I wash all of my dishes after it's done. I do not want to bother with it afterwards. You're going to have to clean them one way or another. When you're done eating, pause Netflix, get up, do your dishes, and then you can go back to watching Netflix. And if you're really smart, you want to go next level on this, you're cleaning your dishes as you go. So when you're done with a a pot or a bowl or a fork as as you're cooking, you're just cleaning as you go. Dad taught me this one when I was a kid and it has come in handy numerous times because now when dinner's done, I'm not sitting there looking at four pots and pans and three plates and four glasses and a bunch of silverware that need to be cleaned. I'm already ahead of the game because I thought of it ahead of time and I started to wash as I was cooking. I was not great about this in college. I have a Gainesville apartment. I can remember. I mean, the dishes, God, it was horrendous. It was horrendous. We were so lazy and it was gross. And when our girlfriends would come over, they would be grossed. And then you couldn't cook when you wanted to, because there was all the dishes would be dirty. So then you literally have to wash dishes just in order to cook. And then we wouldn't wash the dishes after we were done cooking. So we washed them all to cook and then we just left them dirty again. Right? Most of the time your dishwasher is going to suck. So pre-rinse, don't just throw dirty, dirty dishes into a dishwasher. Again, I got a roommate who's doing that right now. And sometimes I see stuff he's putting in the dishwasher. I'm just like, seriously, bro? Like what on earth would leave you compelled to put this dirty bowl with all this this sauce stuff on it? And you know, we're not going to run the dishwasher for another three days because it takes about that long to fill it. So now this is just going to sit in there and get dried and then it's the water's going to make it wet and it's just going to splash all this disgusting crap all up in our glasses all right? it's like come on think ahead y'all just do a little pre pre-rinsing of the heavy stuff i'm sweeping the floor when i cook i am a very messy person with a knife. When I cut vegetables, they fly all over the place. When I, there's uh grime and, and like vegetable pieces and stuff, I just wipe it all directly onto the floor. So when I'm done cooking, I have to remind myself to grab the broom, sweep it up with the dustpan, And then I bring in the little, um, stick vacuum that I have, and then I can get the rest of the, the, the dust and the dirt and everything. So sweeping the floor, mopping the floor The garbage, the recyclables, you know. And again, whose dishes are you using? Because if you're using somebody else's dishes and you break one, or you're not taking good care of it, it's gonna start an argument. So I already know that you're being able to put together multiple spots where you're like, "Wow, you're right. I should have talked about who's mopping, who's got the garbage. You know, is the garbage based on the day of the week? Is it? Are you gonna go in rotation? Right? Is it just? Oh, you mean I've literally watched somebody put a something in the garbage. It is overflowing. It, it barely can be pushed down. And then they say, okay guys, I'll head now. And they leave the house and they've got to walk by the dumpster to get to their car. Like seriously, pull it up. Have an agreement. If, you, if you're if you leaving the house, take the garbage with you. And then the next person who sees the empty garbage can will just put a bag in it. Like I honestly, it blows my mind. Just like, I don't want to use the word Lazy. Because I don't honestly think most people want to be lazy about those kind of things. It's just like almost like unmotivated. It just doesn't make any sense to me. If you're walking by the dumpster, why you don't just take the garbage with you? It's, It's beyond me. And this is what happens with recyclables. This is what happens with dishes. I mean, literally, you're on your phone and you're talking to somebody and you go in the kitchen. While you're talking on the phone, you could just be unloading the dishwasher. Rather than sitting on the couch, you're just unloading the dishwasher. It's you're literally still having the same conversation with the person. You're just actually getting some chores done. So word to the wise, you know, use when you're on the phone talking to people. I mean, as long as it's, you know, not deep and important, you need to be taking notes. If it's just a casual conversation with your parents or your siblings or a friend, you know, you could be straightening up the house. Right? Utilize your time in two different directions. And then the bathroom. I finish up on this one because I'll tell you what, next to the kitchen, nothing gets grimier and gross faster than a bathroom. You've got the shower, the toilet, the sink, the mirror. Who's mopping it? Who's wiping it down? What kind of cleaners? Who's buying the cleaners? Who's paying for the dishwasher soap? Who's paying for the, the Clorox to clean the bathtub? Are you going to wait till the soap scum and the mold is literally talking to you before you clean the, the bath bathroom? Are, are you guys all getting together on the, on the same Sunday and cleaning the kitchen, the living room, the bathroom stuff together? Do you have that as an agreement? Because it might start off that way, but I'll tell you what, it just takes a couple weekends where someone goes home or they have to go to a study group or they've got a club that's meeting and all of a sudden that, that powwow or roomies cleaning up, cleaning up the house every Sunday afternoon turns into this disjointed you know, schedule where no one's figuring it out and therefore no one's getting anything done. One of the things I don't think a lot of people think about when it comes to the bathroom is shoes in the bathroom. Are you wearing your shoes past the front door in general? Think about that. I do not like the fact that we wear our shoes into the house here in Los Angeles. I think it makes the whole house just grimy because the city's grimy. Ask yourself, are you taking shoes off at the door? I would recommend that you do. Teach his own right. Some people are like, ah, but my socks are gross, and I don't my my socks smell. I don't want you to smell my socks. Your socks are not going to smell nearly as bad as that disgusting crap that's all over the bottom of your shoes. And now your shoes are on my couch or on my table. So there's another thing. Are you putting your feet up on furniture? Like right, like if you really start to get down to it, this you don't think it matters much. But I'll tell you what, get a stain on your couch. Uh, have somebody drop ketchup on your couch and not go off and get a cleaner for it. Who's paying for the cleaner? These are things that need to be discussed. Are you flushing the toilet with the seat up or the seat down? Even if you're dudes, I'm telling you what, go on YouTube and type in what happens to the water inside of a toilet bowl when you hit flush. That stuff can fire like ten feet away. <laughs> Right. Like I'm a big proponent of putting the both lids down before I flush the toilet. Um, there's another one. You know, if your guy's living in the house, are you following the mellow yellow rule? Um, you know, if you're a females in the house and you've got a boyfriend coming over, he puts the seat up to use the restroom. Are, are you making sure he knows to put it down? Right. All, all, all one in the house will always have the seat down. Throw a guy in that mix and maybe they won't realize. And so they leave it up. I live with women my whole life uh, when I was in, a younger mom and sister and stuff. Putting the toilet seat down was something I was very well taught, and I still do it to this day. So it's these are conversations you have to have. Okay, and here's the bonus. Here's the bonus. Partying. Okay, we all like to have a good time. We want our friends to come over. All of these things I've just discussed can be wrapped up into partying. The refrigerator and the freezer, is it just going to be, is it basically just a gigantic booze fridge? Noise, you know, if you're having people, noise ties right into visitors and overnight guests. If you're drinking a lot at your house, if you're partying a lot, you're going to have visitors over. You're probably going to have overnight guests, right? Timing, volume, frequency. Go back to that. Cleaning you know, everyone's drinking in the living room and people go to the bathroom. Now they're peeing all over the toilet. They go in the kitchen cause they're drunk and you know, they, they want to cook some food at three in the morning and now it's a freaking disaster. You know, partying. you've got to figure out how that's going to play into all of this. To not talk about partying when you're all in college would just be ridiculous. It would make zero sense. And are you trying to control your drinking? Do you prefer not to have 15 bottles of liquor on your kitchen cabinet at all times? You know, where is the alcohol being stored um for me, you know, I remember back in college it was like you know we always had booze above the refrigerator. you know it's like uh, if are you who's paying attention to who drinks it? right? I used to be a crazy alcoholic. I would definitely drink other people's booze and hope that they wouldn't be paying attention. Know these things, have these conversations about the party. Are people smoking marijuana inside your house? You want a bunch of pot smelling up your place. Right? Cigarettes. Are people smoking cigarettes in your place? We smoked cigarettes in the frat house for a while, and we definitely smoked cigarettes in our first couple apartments in Gainesville. Um, My dad even smoked cigarettes in our house in Orlando, so we could literally just smoke cigarettes in the house. It was disgusting. And we moved to our last apartment, Spanish Trace in Gainesville. And we decided upon leaving the landings that we would not smoke in the apartment anymore because it was gross and it left the walls yellow and dingy. And when people came over who didn't smoke, they didn't like being over. So, are you smoking cigarettes in your house? I say you shouldn't. Are you smoking weed in your house? As long as you're not sitting there basically, you know, setting fire, you know, sparking up a freaking pound, right? It may not smell so bad. People are like, oh my god, Jesse's talking to us about drugs. It's legal in like 15 states. I mean, and a, and a lot of them, all you have to do is just say that your knee hurts on the regular, and you can get a freaking weed card. You got to have these conversations. Acting like these conversations don't need to happen is immature. Acting like you guys aren't partying, act like you guys don't come around liquor and weed and beer and 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 marijuana and cocaine and and all these other drugs. To not talk about that would be the most irresponsible. Host, I could possibly be because this stuff is going to show itself. Have these conversations with your roommates. Hell, have these conversations with your parents and your friends. Have a system in place so that if you start spiraling out of control, you know, somebody can come up to you and say, Hey, we got to check this. Come up with a safety word that's like, okay, mom, dad, friends sister, brother, if you see me going out of control, you say the word rhinoceros. And anytime I hear the word rhinoceros, I'll know that's the trigger word we set up. So if my life is getting out of control, we know I need to stop and take a moment and we need to have a conversation. Somebody comes up to you all confrontational about your partying and your study habits and everything else. You might be so busy arguing with them not to tell you how to live your life that you don't actually realize that your life could use a little direction. Go get College Success Habits, my book, and follow the seven powerful principles. I certainly did, and I still drank and did too many drugs, right? There's got to be a a moment where somebody in your life stops you and says, let's get it together. I had that guy. That friend was Ryan. He got me into the gym, which got me eating more healthy, which got me cutting back on my drinking, which got better grades, and I ultimately graduated two years later, all because this guy had enough love for me as a friend to sit me down and say, dude, you got to do it a different way. Thank God Ryan did that then. Have these conversations with your roommates now. Really get vulnerable and say, look, it may not always be comfortable what we're going to talk about, but we have to be talking about it. If you're not talking about it, then it will become an issue. These little tiny, you know, uh, these, these little tiny, what are they? not resentments because they grow into resentments, rejections. Uh, no, it is resentment, so my my therapist taught me these little tiny these little tiny resentments these little things the little fork in the refrigerator right the' not taking out the garbage these things start to stack up, and when they stack up, you get angry and then you reject the other person, and you can do that as simply as snapping on them about the garbage, you know getting an argument about something like who was the last when was the last time you used the toilet brush when what you're really uh, upset about is an overall lack of Uh, politeness in the house. These little tiny rejections add up to big, big, big resentments. And I'm promising you that when, 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 when these resentments turn into rejections and when these rejections turn into bigger resentments, ultimately what you end up having is an end of the friendship. And you do not want that. You don't want the friendship to end over these kind of things the refrigerator, the noise, the visitors, the overnight guests, and the cleaning of the common areas like the living room, the kitchen, and the bathroom. Be willing to have the vulnerable commun- communication conversations. Sit down, discuss what it is, type it out, print it out, put it on the fridge, follow the rules, and you will still get along years later. I could only wish I had done that with everyone I ever lived with. I probably would have had a lot more comfortable living arrangement than quietly being mad at my buddy C for inviting Sean over to play video games on Wednesday at three in the morning and they're yelling and screaming in the living room and I got to get up for an 8 a.m. class, right? There was We would argue about that time and time again. And I'll tell you what, we never sat down and said, let's have an agreement. We would just argue about it and things would go right back to the way they were. Have these conversations and this semester will stay less stressful at home and that's what you want Because you're going to be spending a ton of time there. And you don't want your living situation to be what's bringing you stress. You want it to be your, your little oasis away from the craziness that is the world. It is your nest. It is your safety. It is your cocoon. Go home and feel comfortable and happy and safe there. Don't argue about things that you could have discussed ahead of time. Excuses are reasons that could have been avoided have a conversation now before you wish you had it later. All right, guys, that's it. Inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Have that conversation, get that stuff in writing and move forward knowing that you have figured it out before it ever becomes an issue. And I promise you, you will reach out to me and you will tell me how much this has helped you. Find me on social media at Jesse Mogul. I'd love to hear more from you. Bye-bye.